knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are you more than a fisherman or more than a hunter? Then check out Loch Ness Lure. It's time to upgrade your wilderness war stories. Use the Loch Ness Lure to capture the elusive lake creature so that you can mount it right on your wall. The ingredients to this ingenious device are simple. One part grappling hook, one part underwater spiderweb, and two parts luck. In two shakes of a lamb's tail, you'll have your mythical creature in hand. Check it out at Lures for People More Mainly Than Derek.com. What's up, what's up, what's up? Backpacking and Blisters family, this is Derek, and with me today is the only man who can merely just take off his shoes, stick them in the stream, and kill fish to eat for dinner. <laughs> Carl Mandrioli. <laughs> We're going to talk about something along those lines today, for sure. And yes. with me today is Derek Somerville, the only man who thinks that fish know how much they weigh because they have their own scales. Oh, wow. Yes. It gets worse and worse yes. every time. Here we are, fishing today. A fishing, a backcountry fishing episode back country not front country yeah it's uh we're gonna get some details some info this is from two yeah we're, i mean we're hosting the show and both neither of us are expert fishermen in the back country is that fair to say easily fair to say yes <laughs> but we've had we've had people reach out to us over the years and they're like you gotta do a fishing episode gotta do a fishing episode there's a and, lot of people who like to fish yeah so i said um, we're not qualified to do a fishing episode so we had to get an expert in here and the, I think the goal is to make it achievable, right, for everybody, not just this kind of hard-to-do backcountry activity right. that's only for elite, skilled fishermen. And immediately I liked the guy because there was something special, glorious about his name. I don't know if you remember what his name was. Okay, and you're talking about our guest, I imagine. Our guest, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Why? What's his name? Well, why, don't you, why don't you say it for the crowd? 
Is it? Uh, <laughs> I want to hear it roll off your tongue. His name's Derek. His name's Derek. You have the same name. You guys even spelled the same way. Congratulations! Congratulations! Glorious. Just, just yeah. glorious. Yeah. So well played. So our hope is that he's able to provide some, not only some information, but some confidence for people that don't fish to kind of strike out and try something new. And for people that do fish, he's got some tips and tricks and gear that might actually change your fishing game. Is that correct? Ooh, yeah. 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 And he has, yeah, there's some inventions we'll mention. Uh, there's some other things that he's right. created. So what's the uh, what's the Bible verse we got today? I got one, my friend. Thank you. This, I, you actually suggested this one. So thanks for the suggestion. Matthew 419. Oh, you, you wrote it down. Okay, good. No, uh, no, did not write it down. I don't have the little crinkly paper like you have. So oh, Google Doc, and he said to them, referring to Jesus, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's right. Some of the disciples were fishermen. So fishers of men, yeah, teaching people about the way, the correct way to live. So Need some big hooks for that. Yeah. That's for sure. Do they still fish after they became disciples? You know, I don't, that's a good question. I never, I don't. I don't. I would imagine. I think they did because I think Jesus yeah. fished when he returned. Yeah. So there's. That's a big. That's a big part of the culture there. You know, they gotta. I mean, they gotta eat. Let's learn about fish. Let's learn about fishing. Here we go. We got Derek Rodill coming up right now. I'm here with Derek Rodell. How's it going, sir? It's going great. Thank you for having me on today. It is our pleasure. Okay, so yeah, so we've got a different episode going. We've, we've actually had quite a few folks reach out, interested in the backcountry fishing, interested in getting involved in backcountry fishing, or just this topic in general, just kind of hearing a little bit more about it. So you are our expert, so so thank you for being so. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like where you're from, backcountry stomping grounds. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so yeah, I grew up in California, the Bay Area, California to be specific. And I grew up going outside with my father. Okay. Uh, he was he was the main instigator in the family, I guess, to pull us outside. Instigator sounds bad. Is that were you, were you dragged outside, or, or was this by choice? No, I wasn't dragged. I guess he was the main. Uh, main person to excite the family, let's say. <laughs> my mom, my mother, less so. She would go for a few years, and then when we were about 12, she she bowed out okay. from the adventures, I'd say. Okay. Um, but it was good to have us all there to start that passion. And then uh, my father and I and my twin brother, we continued going outside, and we joined Boy Scouts and did tons of Boy Scout adventures in a great troop. And um, that is where, for example, I developed this passion for fly fishing. Okay. My father was riding his bike one day in Northern California and found a fly rod on the side of the road and brought it home for me, and we both got into it together. He Um, found a fly rod on the side of the road, like just... Yeah. Like it had fallen out of a truck or there Yeah, like someone drove away like forgetting it was on top of their car or it okay. fell out of the back of a truck. He even rode it into the town and asked a couple people and no one claimed it, so he rode back home with it. So he's a man of integrity. He didn't yeah, just like grab and go. Oh, for sure. My dad is like the nicest guy you would ever meet. Full respect. Yeah, so gear can fly out of a vehicle or off of a vehicle yeah but grabbing gear or grabbing things off the side of the road that is up my alley for sure and so 
Do you still have that fishing rod? So uh, amazing. I actually had fished with that fly rod for 20 years. That was my only rod. <laughs> it was a okay. two-piece rod, which they don't really make anymore. And I actually finally broke it on a backpacking trip. Partially actually led me to part of the ideas we'll talk about in a while. But um, okay. I still have it broken in the garage. When you say you broke it, did it snag on something as you're hiking by like a tree or something? No. So I actually wasn't fishing at the time. It was in transit. I was uh, passing okay. my pack down a large rock to a buddy as we were traversing some okay. rocks. And we dropped the pack and it broke the rod. Did we drop the pack or did he drop the pack? Well, I also gave it a little... It, it, dropped about one or two feet into his arms and then it fumbled it it's you know it was a group group effort to break this rod okay you're you're a nice guy because yeah i think it's easier to blame people when things go bad like that (laughs) you've inherited that from your dad so so what's been your wildest or most interesting trail experience well one one of those does stick out from philmont actually when we were uh and uh, I'm glad I haven't had any more wild events than this since I was 14. Actually, this one was pretty crazy as we we were actually okay. in a zone called the Vol there. That's a trailless zone. You get, you know, it's an orienteering uh, exercise where you get a pinpoint mm-hmm. on the map and you uh, hopefully end up at that camp the next evening. As we as a troop were eating lunch below a uh, ridge line. We looked at the map to try to debate, are we going around or are we going over? In this time, you know, it's like mid-July, and it seemed like every day, every day right about noon, there was a thunderstorm, maybe for 15 or 20 minutes. Right. And we debated, you know, all right, we're going to make it over before the thunderstorm or not? And we decided, you know what, everybody have a snack let's charge it. We (laughs) went up the mountain (laughs) and when we got to the top, we, it seemed like we, as soon as we stepped our feet on the top of the ridge and we said, ha, we made it. There was just a crack and a flash as a hundred yards from us, a tree exploded from lightning. Are you serious? It was insane. At first, we all had external packs, external frame packs at the time. Oh my gosh. And yeah. we're just, you know, lightning rods up there. So we right. all we all hit the floor and we were luckily all spread out a little bit already because we were kind of doing the meadow walk with the no trail spread out. We all hit the right. deck. After about three seconds, it started dumping rain. We all looked at each other and someone just said, you know, go. And we ran down that other side of the yeah. ridge line down to the bottom and it was exhilarating and scary and really nice when we got to the bottom and nobody was hurt definitely some gear flew out of packs and there were sleeping bags rolling down the ridge <laughs> and we finally got off the ridge and we yeah we sat at the bottom wet and recollected ourselves i'm just imagining sleeping bags rolling down a a mountain in a rainstorm that does not sound like what you want no we want for a really nice hollywood story but not for the next evening of soggy sleeping right yeah for sure i've definitely had soggy sleeping bag and that is terrible so as a result of that do you are you a little bit more either cautious or fearful around you know rainstorms or 
kind of lightning and thunder? Do you, do you just really dial it back? Like you're not the guy that's going to say go at this point. Is that, is that how it is now? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, at the moment we felt invincible, right. uh, but I think now in my thirties, yeah, I'd go for caution and, uh, the longer flat walk, you know, would just be nice. I think, <laughs> at this point. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's kind of, so we got some backstory about kind of what got you outside and what got you into fishing. So now as, as you're, you're kind of like our resident expert on our show, we always like to ask, you know, kind of three tips for somebody who's, you know, looking to get into backcountry fishing, maybe they've, they've just begun or, you know, what have you learned over the years that you can, you can tell everybody out there that would help them feel more comfortable starting or continuing with this skill? Yeah. The first thing is just to keep it simple. It's all about, there's, there's a couple reasons, I guess people would want to fish. Some people want to feed themselves. Some people want to have fun and, or just interact with nature. Mm Mm-hmm. Or some people want to just uh, not even catch fish, actually, but just do something next to a body of water. But uh, once you throw your line in the water, you just want to keep it simple. All we're trying to do is mimic what a fish eats. You can do that with fly fishing, bait fishing, or throwing uh, lures on a traditional spinning rod. When you look online or at cabelas.com or something, there's just so many pieces of gear that is unnecessary. You want to just think about, okay, I can either replicate a little minnow running away from a fish to trigger a response. Mm -hmm. I can put an insect looking thing in the water or a worm, for example, in the water that traditionally would occur actually because it's on the bank or there's a rainstorm that washes it in. Okay. So keep it simple. Now I have to share. So I would say like a lot of my fishing knowledge outside of just observing my buddies who who go uh comes from the movie a river runs through it i, I assume you've seen that movie right yeah yeah okay and they so the one of the guys shows up with like a bucket of worms and that was frowned upon in the movie is that uh, just like fly fishing elitism right there or yeah that is definitely fly fishing elitism that is something <laughs> i grapple with myself <laughs> as we're trying to be in, more inclusive these days in everything we do outside. Yeah, and, and we're the same way. We're, we think, you know, whatever gets you outside, you're buying gear from your local outdoor store, you're buying gear from mm-hmm. Walmart, like mm-hmm. just just go for it, right? So same kind of idea. All right, so that's tip number one. Uh, what, number two, what you got? Don't count on it for dinner. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be a good tip. That's so, for example, my mother, you're saying why she wasn't always excited about going outside. We talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, especially backcountry trips. My father convinced her throughout time, you know, th- for eons that every time he would go backpacking, they would have, you know, piles of fish for dinner. And I think it only happened twice out of 20, let's say. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, even if it's a spot you've caught fish before, you never know what has happened, uh, whether it's due to many more people there or a bad water year or mm. uh, regulations have changed or you want to be nicer to the fish to let some of them live. Right. But don't count on it for dinner all the time. Maybe count on it as a bonus appetizer or dessert. Dessert. Fish dessert. 
<laughs> but yeah. You know, you know. Okay. What are you What are you thinking along these lines? Just like extra extra calories, or do you actually have a fish dessert recipe that we should be aware of here? No, I guess I should have come up with a fish dessert recipe, okay. but I don't actually <laughs> have one of those. But just an added bonus, okay. I guess I'm saying, yeah. uh, because gotcha. it's really disappointing to be hungry out there. But then a lot of those mountain fish too. Even if you do catch one or two, that at least from my experience, they're not. There's not a lot of sustenance you can gain from them. There's not, I mean, there's some for sure, but it's not like you're not putting down like 600 calories, are you? Yeah, they're usually pretty small, honestly. Right. And, um, yeah, they're pretty small, at, especially if you're in high altitude areas. There's just not as much food to sustain a huge, a uh, maybe many fish in the lake or stream, but you, not, usually right. not huge fish. So I was hiking the John Muir Trail years ago, and we, yeah, we started kind of running low on food. And so I started to ration and somebody caught a fish and I ate fish and rice for dinner. And I feel like that, you know, after whatever, 15 miles in the, of trail, that was not, that didn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. You can, so, you can have six or eight of those and, uh, yeah, then oh, yeah for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So don't count on it for dinner. Number two, number three, have fun. You know, that's, that's the whole reason we're out there interact with nature, whether it's you want to see a pretty fish, uh, you want to try to figure out the puzzle of catching them, or you want to just spend some nice time on the water, just have fun. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that, yeah, just getting outside is, is hopefully part of the fun for most folks. But we actually have a few guys in our group, um, like I already mentioned, that fish on our trips. I think we have typically, on average, three guys that, that might you know, bring a fishing pole. I think one of the biggest intimidation factors is is we kind of see what they have, and it's not just the fishing pole, but they got all sorts of other kind of little things, whether it's flies or hooks or reels or just all sorts of different things that they've got going on. And so it looks intimidating. So what would you say to a person who has these types of concerns that's maybe a little intimidated by all the extra little pieces of gear, big pieces of gear, to get into this? Yeah, I would say that uh, the nice thing about backcountry fishing is the fish are hungry. Normally, if you just throw something out there, mm. if you can find them, you throw something out there, they'll, they'll, they'll take a go at it, is what I have found. We, as people, tend to overcomplicate th- things ourselves. Okay. So you'll find that the more, yeah, the more someone is passionate about it, the more they get all these intricate pieces of gear for extraordinary situations. Uh, and most of the time, you just need, for example, I went traveling the West for three months one time, and I left my house with six or eight flies in a box and my fly rod. And you can catch fish all around the country and also in Europe. And I've okay. tested this with the same three flies. It's just about presenting them a piece of food that looks close enough to something they would eat. You make it sound easy or, or doable, maybe. Uh, we've got one of my buddies, Rocky, who's, who's been on our show quite a bit. So he's, he's kind of our most common fisherman in our crew that goes. And so over the years, when he goes, we're usually, you know, in kind of, you know, high mountain lakes, and he either doesn't catch anything, or if he does, he catches it and then he releases it and nobody's around to see it. So as an objective fisherman what advice would you have for him and would you believe his catch and release stories oh well he's doing it all right part of fishing is the (laughs) mysticism and the stories you know and (laughs) this this 
this quest that you've taken as a solo person. So he's doing it right. I'll bet you he's okay. never caught a fish in his life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. he has. He's 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 a man of honor, and so I actually, yeah, we believe him. It's just kind of funny that like when he does catch a fish, where there's nobody around us. For sure. So I would say yeah. my friends also tease me all the time too because they're like, "Well, we've never okay. seen you catch a fish." But um, you know, <laughs> part of it also is it seems like when there are those situations, it seems like I get put on the spot. They're like, "Fish right here." right now and i was like well you guys were just throwing oh. rocks or i don't know <laughs> right right one other tip i was thinking about for people to get into fishing is is there's another thing we talk about a lot with with fishing and the, and the challenge and the intimidation and it's uh half of it is, is actually just knowing where the fish might be and half of it is the actual act of fishing you just can't scare the fish also is, is number one so if you're there with a big group of people or something, uh, just take that in account. Um, mm. And if you're on a little stream, it's always good to fish. You stand downstream and cast upstream because the fish are all looking upstream. And I would say that's that's a good hot tip for beginners. It's really easy to orient where the fish are looking in a stream because it's up into the current. You won't spook them. Okay, so stand downstream, but cast upstream. That was all right. Pro tip right there. Yeah. Excellent. And then one of the reasons why we, we had you on the show is because we're always looking for for gear that we can take that's efficient, that's lightweight, uh, kind of the best options that's still going to get the job done. And you actually invented a fishing rod that kind of fits the bill. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. This kind of links into me breaking my rod. And I like to do uh, a lot of outdoor activities all together. My wife would say I'm the ADD outdoors person. (laughs) So I came up with this rod idea that is a uh, telescoping fly rod. It is actually the combination, if if people do know about the Tenkara style and traditional fly rod, uh, Mm -hmm. it is exactly between the two of those. It's telescoping like the Tenkara Japanese style, which is just basically a um, kind of like a cane pole people would say you just tie line on the end of a stick okay versus a traditional fly rod which breaks down into maybe four pieces and has a reel and stuff like that right so this is the combination of those two it telescopes but it has a reel on it so you can cast further than just the line tied to the end of a stick mm-hmm. and I came up with this idea because I always wanted to have a rod ready in action, whether I was mountain biking or hiking or just driving around in my car near a river. I found uh, that Tenkara didn't offer the solution because I wanted to have a reel to be able to cast further and a regular fly rod wasn't always set up or was not easy to walk down a trail with all the time. I don't want to keep poking people in the face, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so I came up with this idea of this telescoping fly rod and, uh, now I can ride my bike all along a river and I can stop anywhere I want, take it out and be fishing in 30 seconds and then put it back away and keep riding along. And then there's no, uh, five or 10 minutes setup and breakdown. So I just, so wait, 30 seconds, like yeah. legit 30 seconds. Yeah. Legit 30 seconds. So you have some guys, I'm just kind of like applying this to our backpacking scenarios here. So we have a trail stop, people are filtering water. You could just pop it right out there, go upstream, boom. Yep, yeah. 
just okay. take a few casts. Part of the goal also was to try to remove those like barriers of entry, whether it's people intimidated by all the gear. For example, you can leave that fly on the whole trip. You don't need to tie any more knots. You don't need to do any of that. Okay. It can be rigged up in your backpack, ready to go. So it's efficient. It's ready to you know ready to go, easy to set up. But it was also on the lighter weight side as well. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it is. It's not the lightest. The the lightest would be the Tenkara style, which has no reel, but you can't cast right. as far. Right. So it sits between okay. the traditional and that style. Um, in all the ways, essentially. My kit that we sell is 11 ounces with the case and everything rigged up Okay. versus a traditional rod with the tube and everything to protect it so you don't break it in travel. is about 20 right. ounces, 18 to 20 ounces. 11 ounces, that's legit. That's that's great. So you have yeah, the lightweight with the efficiency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're, so this is available to everybody. You, you invented it and now you're putting it out there. So where, where can we find it? Yeah. So the company is called rare gear. The word rare sounds like unique, but it's actually spelled R E Y R. And that actually means in Icelandic, it means cane or pole. Uh, okay. So we came up with that name. I had a engineer from uh, Icelandic descent help me out. And we came up with that name. Uh, and it fits all okay. the bills of fish and this unique idea. Um, so it's raregear.com, R-E-Y-R gear.com. Okay, raregear.com for lightweight, efficient setup right there that, yeah, or just check it out. Yeah, I, I was looking at it. I was like, yeah, this is this is legit for, for somebody who's looking to go backpacking and kind of best of all worlds. And so you're, you're actually out traveling right now. Um, you're over in Greece. Did you, so are you kind of out in the, the foothills, the mountains of Greece? Or are you using your, your rod to, to catch some fish out there? Yeah, I am actually. So yeah, um, as happen chance takes it, uh, my wife has some projects starting a nonprofit in Greece. So I've been able to explore some really off the beaten path places. Before we started our conversation here on the show, you were sharing that Greece doesn't have quite the same passion for fishing and streams or yeah kind of the backcountry fishing that you know we do here in america or across the world so so they they actually if they're gonna do it it might look a little bit different do you mind sharing that yeah actually uh so in greece uh the people i talked to about fishing uh think i'm very odd for wanting to fly fish in the streams they think all the fish are in the sea okay. <laughs> first of all and then, the, right. and then the people, there's a couple guys I've run into here in Greece that are interested in fishing for trout and fly fishing. And they are up, uh, up in the mountains fishing. And they also feel like they need to help be a little bit of the wildlife police as they see people <laughs> poisoning rivers and using dynamite mm. and spear fishing when they find a good, you know, uh, stream or fishing hole with fish because people are just harvesting the meat they're they're taking what they believe is available and so we say spear fishing like you're talking like bringing the spear guns they're not just like standing with like a handheld spear and chucking it in there uh yeah they have a spear gun and like a wetsuit and and they just kind of go down the stream and and go for it and what is the poisoning like po you, you mentioned like, so they're throwing dynamite into the stream and kind of blowing things up there. But what, what does the poisoning look like? 
Yeah, so apparently they, they sometimes will bleach the rivers. Um, they'll pick a section and, and they'll throw, I don't know how much bleach, but it's it's got to be horrible for the whole system downstream. But they'll throw right. some bleach in uh, above a nice pool with some fish, and then they'll go downstream and collect all the fish that wash down. And they'll eat bleach fish. Apparently. I, I have not been invited to one of those dinners, but apparently they okay. eat them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you want to be, just saying. Yeah, um, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so yeah, different part of the world, different issues with the environment there. So... Yeah, I guess you got to be mindful of who's above you in the stream and what's going on, I suppose. Yeah, you if do. You, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, you hear an explosion, probably don't want to fish that stream. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> All right, Derek. So anytime we have anybody on the show, we always like to give them kind of the, the last question is, is for you to share anything else about rare gear or, you know, how to how to find you on social media. So so this is your chance. What you got? Uh, yeah, you can follow along uh, on Instagram at rare gear and uh, check us out for what products we might have in the future. Everything we have is kind of oriented at backpacking and travel and lightweight fishing. So check out what we got. And uh, I hope we can get out get you out there with a new rod idea but it's simply focused around having fun and experiencing the outdoors in a different way we really appreciate you coming on and uh sharing your tips and tricks and stories with backcountry fishing and the hope is that there's been some inspiration here and we've taken a little bit of the intimidation factor out of things and the lightweight kind of multi-faceted fishing pole that you've got going on there i think is going to raise some interest for sure so so thank you for your time sir thank you very much for having me on and for everybody else just remember that uh you can only catch fish if your lure or fly is in the water so throw one out there all right my friend so what you think about that i mean where to start uh let's just get to the obvious of all of the trash talk of all of the mockery i've received for the sleeping pad mm-hmm. he says verbatim I found something on the side of the road, a fly rod on the side of the road. Right. Something probably it probably fell out or off of a vehicle, he says. Interesting. Okay, yeah, so so what's your theory on how it got there? I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it was in the back of the trailer and it just popped on out, you know? <laughs> Proper Of course, it was probably a trailer, you know? that's right. Not on top of the vehicle. People aren't putting their stuff on top of the car. What were you talking about? You are mentioning sleeping bags rolling down a ridge, flying out of packs after lightning storms, or he was mentioning this, or somebody was mentioning that. And I said, you know, this is just, it's, you know, it happens is the point. <laughs> it's it's val it's validation for my okay. story, which I don't care if people believe it. It happens to other yeah. people. So, well, and, you know and what? And backing up, you do care because you keep bringing it up. So, two times. that. Two times is appropriate. Nobody's buying that. So two times. You're suggesting that his story was evidence that your sleeping pad flew out of a trailer in Washington. I think right? his story is evidence that things can fly out of other things. And uh, are, you t- are you telling me somebody? Are you telling me somebody forgot their fly fishing rod and just set it down on the side of the road and walked away? I think it's more likely if something flies off of the top of a vehicle or falls off the top. I've, I've had mm. that happen before. I've oh, put okay. things on top of the vehicle multiple times and. Yeah, 
had it fly off. I do, I actually have a story about that too. It's kind of crazy. So when I was okay. in high school, I accidentally put my wallet on top of my vehicle. I was at the beach, oh. and it, so it flew off and landed in the middle of like a major road. I think it was Pacific Coast Highway, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. okay. so it's just laying in the middle of the road, a wallet. Okay, I had no idea where it was. Yikes. And somebody stops to pick it up. That Somebody stops, like gets out into the middle of the road and picks wow. it up. Wow. And it happens to be our good buddy Rocky's parents. Wow. And they obviously knew me and they returned it. Isn't that crazy? That's so chances of that. I don't yeah. know. I don't even know what the chances are of that. It's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say, though. I, I liked, I, this was kind of his first, I like this tip the best, like just the keeping it simple thing, because oh yeah, we, you know, you guys had mentioned about, you know, a lot of times we think of fishing and it's like, all I'm going to think about is like lures and hooks and gear and line and all this junk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's going to weigh my pack down. It's too much. Can't do it. And he had such a simple, um, just a lot of simple things to say about like, you don't need to fumble with gear. There's ways around that. Um, and it, it made it more enticing for me to even like, by the end of the episode, I was like, you know, maybe do I want to just grab a quick little pull and a couple hooks and I don't have to, you know, take my lures off. Like he's saying, I could just throw it on the pack and go and maybe I could try it. So yeah. that was something food for thought. Um, you know, the whole standing downstream and casting upstream. I didn't, I didn't know that. Right. I'll remember that for sure. And then, uh, you know, I think it was, it was just good to hear, you know, how simple and enjoyable fishing can be. And the, there's just so much better, as our backpacking gear and you know all the other gear out there. It's just, it's just so much better now. So maybe it's just something I need to revisit. He makes it seem achievable, like we talked about. And he's got on his side. He's got some. I mean, whether you're interested in his fishing rod or not, he's got some tips and tricks. He's got some tutorial stuff, blogs. Yeah, we'll have some of that in the show description for sure. And he kind of yeah breaks it down in a very easy to understand way. So. I think when I first went fishing and I saw all of the stuff that they had and all the gear that they had and mm. my dad didn't know how to do it and the guy that we went with certainly wasn't teaching us, in right. my, my own mind I'm thinking, okay, this, there's a lot going on here and if I'm not all in immediately, it's just a lot to learn. But after talking it with is. him, I feel like, you know, this might be something we, could, we can kind of add as an element to our trip in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you ever, yeah, that's definitely true. But one key thing so. he said, don't count on it for dinner. I think sounds obvious, but it's, I think we, I think it's a good piece of advice, especially in mountain lakes. Right. Well, I think if you go into the attitude of like, I'm just going to try to have fun with it, relax, enjoy the outdoor. I think it really helps you ideally, hopefully like sit back and relax and just enjoy being out there. If you catch something bonus, but if not, you're still enjoying, you know, I, you know, that's what I see Nolton doing a lot of times when he's fishing too. So, right. Yeah. We have a couple guys in our group, we have two to three guys that typically will bring fishing poles if yeah. given the opportunity. So, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, and it, okay, so his company's name is Rare Gear, R E Y R. And when he said that, you were thinking Icelandic, right? Per- <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> but it's Icelandic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it's Icelandic. Pretty cool. Yeah. And what do you think of when you think of Iceland? I would love to go to Iceland. And they, yeah. they have some, uh, some of the best, uh, I think they're sulfur springs or something like that it's a it's a huge huge um uh like rejuvenation center for people with like psoriasis and stuff and they couldn't figure out Mm. how to solve these people's issues and they went over here to this these uh springs that have natural stuff in them and they were being healed of their psoriasis it was it was incredible so and you want to go there just to heal your skin i want to heal my skin no it's i mean for luxury and, and relaxation obviously as well 
But um, you know, I think it's just be it's such a crazy, interesting place. I would love to go there and just you know, volcanoes to go look at. Everybody I've ever talked to about Iceland has said I want to go there, and yeah. they mentioned something adventurous. And yeah. you use the word luxury and relaxation for Iceland. For parts of it, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted. I just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah. You gotta. You gotta find it. It's there. It's there. Okay. You gotta find it. All right. You, you got it all over there. But yeah, Honestly, I would love to go when there. I think of Iceland, I think of no trees, zero trees, zero trees. Um, Anytime I've seen videos or pictures of Iceland, no trees. If I Google Iceland and click on images, no trees. I know they've got trees. They just never show them. So it's kind of huh. interesting. I yeah. think they're they're working on right now going all natural energy in the whole place. Oh yeah, geothermal. Geothermal, sure. exactly. So they're they're ahead of the curve. They're definitely I like the backpacking there. It's definitely an interesting landscape, and so that might be on the on the list in the future. But um, twenty thirty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, for for me, it's actually not that big of a deal to go to Iceland. They have they have direct flights from Denver to Iceland, which aren't Do terribly they? expensive. Yeah, so. Wow. It's not as yeah. I don't know what the co- I don't know the exchange rate and all that stuff went to get there. But anyway, one thing that he uh, that Derek wanted me to, to talk about real quick was we had talked about the whole like Greek style of fishing when they go up into the you know yeah. the hills and stuff. Right. And he so he said that like the whole bleaching the water and the dynamite like that legitimately does happen, but it's that's not crazy. Maybe yeah, it doesn't. It's not as rampant. It's not like that's constantly happening. Right. He just is aware that that's like that can be a problem, and it's not like it's happening all the time. It's not as rampant as maybe we made it sound in the interview. He just wanted me to point that out. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't even know have any idea that stuff was going on, but that's right. That seems pretty terrible. Yeah. Would you? What's interesting though too is that because they're all about fishing out in the sea. I mean, they're surrounded by major seas, right. large bodies of water. Right. And so, doing like the hill, the mountain fishing is not as you know, not as big a part of their cultures as maybe in other places. Right. So I don't know. How would you feel if you were either temporarily living in another land, territory, country, whatever, where you, one of your hobbies was, I don't want to say it's frowned upon, but it just wasn't as popular. Like nobody else was doing it, but you're passionate about it and you want to do it and you're kind of getting some some sideways glances. Are you still, We're still, doing, still it. doing it? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. not harmful to the environment. Like it's... If you're gonna go surfing, for example, and you go to an area and nobody surfs there, and so you're going out into the water and people are looking at you like, "What are you doing?" You're fine with that? Uh, well, I think I think fishing and surfing are a little bit, well, quite a bit different. Well, you know, one's one's a little more mellow and relaxing. Okay. One's one's a bit more interactive. So, okay, I, you know, I, I think it just depends. <laughs> one's more interactive <laughs> with the with the ocean. You're you're interacting with the ocean. Okay, and fishing, you're not. You're just kind of fishing. You're you know, the, a river out. runs through it. But yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, you. <laughs> oh I don't know. Gosh. They're just different strokes for different folks. But I don't. I don't. I don't think I would not do it because I'm just in a different place, though. Okay. I mean, right. I mean, where's he going? He's getting like sideways looks. Is he like carrying the fly fishing rod? I don't around? know if he's getting sideways looks. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to imagine okay. going to some place where people are not used to seeing the kind of thing you're doing, right? So. I don't think he cares about what people think like you do. Mm, so that's probably true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody suffers with self-esteem like I do, so that's fair. That's a fair point. That's true. Okay. Okay. Any other takeaways right. from? No, that was good. No, it was very informative. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It was. I would say that this episode or the interview was refreshing because it. Yeah, I actually learned more than I was anticipating, and yeah. I think that his. Yeah, his fishing rod is very. I mean, what do you say? Eleven ounces is very backpackable and mm. very. Yeah. Yeah, I think it kind of fits what people are after. So. Yeah. Something to check out. We'll have that, like I said, in our show True. description. Right. If you want to check out Rare Gear, 
yeah, see if that might be a fit for you. So do it. You got trivia, correct? I got trivia, and it's it's going to be coming up right after this. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com I, I got four questions. Again with the four questions. I think one of them you already answered. Okay. So I think you're going to, if you don't pass this, uh, I'll be shocked. I don't even know what to do anymore. So <laughs> let's, let's just start how with about, the easy How about, one. if you don't know what to do, how about just do three questions and do two out of I'm three gonna, like you've been talking about forever? Well, this is like a, a gimme, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. How many, or how heavy was Derek's fishing setup? Was it 10 ounces, 11 ounces, 12 ounces, or 13 oh, ounces? Oh, oh. The fit, well, yeah, the rod itself is 11 ounces, I believe. Okay. What type of pole? Is that correct? Did, that is correct. 11 ounces is correct. Sorry. Okay. What type of pole does Derek use? Was it like a, like you're talking about like a fly fishing pole? Like it's just a, yeah, remember like a he, he was saying he, he had that special multi piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he's got some of the other, you know, regular poles, but right. that's, that's the one he was using. So, uh, okay, let's, let's get into some more nitty gritty. Okay. You did so good so far. Um, okay. We were talking about fishing poles. Name me just, just three parts. There's a lot of parts of a fishing pole. Okay. Just name me three of the parts of like a standard fishing pole. Like what are they called? And, and any any of the three parts. So you got the pole itself, right? Like it could be telescoping or multi-part. You've got the reel. You've got the line. You've got like the hook, the lure, the bobber. Or is that enough? Uh, those are all wrong. Um, Every I, single one's wrong. You're you're talking about things you're gonna like add to the pole. The actual fishing pole. You have like the the eyes, which are where you throw the line through those little holes. Those okay. little eyes. Yep. You have the you have the butt. Which is like okay. the handle at the bottom or the butt end, which is the cap. Okay. You have the handle mm -hmm. on the pole. You just said pole. And then there's the real seat. This is what you attach <laughs> the actual reel to. Okay. And then if you're talking about just the pole, you just call it you just call the pole the blank. It's just called the blank. And then there's there's some other parts, but uh, we'll we'll stop the torture there. So that that was that was embarrassing. But it's embarrassing for you. That was embarrassing for you for sure. <laughs> for okay. me, yeah. All right, I'm keep going, keep going. All right, okay. Last question. Um, 
I'll give you trivia if you get this right. This is how generous you're going to be. Give it to me. This will be three out of four, but you're just giving it to me. I'll give it to you. No, I'll give it to you. If you get this right, you get trivia. This, oh, is, this is pretty easy. Name me, other than salmon and trout, other than salmon and trout, just okay. name me four freshwater fish. Other than salmon. Four. Just, <laughs> I don't even know if I'll name one. So Four? Oh my god. There's gosh. literally there's literally yeah, hundreds yeah, of for sure. hundreds, there's so okay. many fish. Um name name me name me ten stars in other galaxies. Look how long this look how long there's like this trillions of them, Derek. It doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh. This should be easy then. Okay. Well I don't, I just don't know the difference between freshwater and saltwater. I'll go with the catfish, I'm pretty sure. Catfish have been in freshwater lakes. Okay. You, what is that um, right? Well, you don't know because you don't know all. I of didn't. Them. I, I no 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 no. Okay, I'll give you catfish. Cat, catfish can be freshwater or so. Why are you giving it to me? That. So they can be in freshwater, and you're giving it to me. I'm gonna give it to you. It's not like I a, don't want you to give it to me. It's just simply right. Because it's not like a true. It's not like a true. Full you didn't say that. Freshwater you said animal. Fre like a freshwater fish. It's it is a catfish. I'm gonna give it to you. We're gonna count. We're it. gonna count it and We're give it to you. Different. You're not giving it to me. I earned that one. I choose to give it to you. That's probably the only one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you like a sideways. I'm gonna give a diagonal thumbs up. Not a full thumbs up, but like a diagonal thumbs up. Okay. All right. Give me three more. What do you got? Goldfish. Goldfish. Okay. There you go. Clownfish. <laughs> Clownfish Nemo um, using the ocean. Yeah. I've seen them in fish tanks, though. Salt, salt water tanks? I don't know. You don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay. So they pull them out <laughs> of the ocean and put them in a freshwater tank. <laughs> Clownfish are primarily in the ocean. Um, if, if you put them in okay. the fresh water, it's, they're not really going to survive. So, unless you. All right. Your trivia is excellent as always. So thank you again, Derek. Here, here, don't don't mock the the, the trivia. Uh, you know, here's <laughs> here's goldfish. You got. I'm proud of you. You you got. Yeah. Um, you know what what else did you get? There's there's lots of them. There's tetra. There's the tetra, which is like the most common. Yeah, I've the never... most common tank fish there is. There's the beta fish, okay. which you usually put your fish mm -hmm. with. In a tank, so they don't kill each other. You you say that as if you you know more than me about fish, so maybe you do. Well, I I had an uh, uh, an aquarium okay. for a short time, so I know a little bit. I don't know a lot. Right. Okay. Well, I I will take the loss again, and um, I guess we failed again. You don't know anything about angel angel fish. I mean, didn't you think of Nemo? The angel. I fish? did. I said clownfish, and now you're telling me to th think back about Nemo, even though the clownfish was wrong. Well, this is an animated movie. Okay. Right. Um, right. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so your advice you is bad. You fell for it. Your advice you is bad. It. Okay. It is. It is. <laughs> of all the trivies you've given me recently, this is actually probably one of the better ones, but you've actually gotten, I think you've angered some folks out there where, I, because I've been so nice to you about your terrible trivia, that I've just kind of let it slide. So things things are going to change, my friend. They're angry because I gave you a question of naming. Like, we have like a billion things to choose from. I don't know. Koi pond? Koi fish? I mean, there's so many fish. Yeah. I just thought you were I can, more educated. I can say what I just said again if you didn't understand anything I just said. No, I, I do. Again, this is one of your better trivias lately, but there has been people that have been pretty angry about the terribleness of your trivia as of late. So I don't. I'm going to... I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, yeah, all, I, that, all right. that matters is that the, if, if you're saying the trivia is better and you're still not getting I mean, I, I don't. I can only throw so many softballs your way. That's true. Only do, That's true. Yeah, do. what do I know? What do I know? Not your fish. All right. No, right, right. All right. Uh, that, my friend, is all I got. That is all I got as well. Check us out on Patreon. Um, join it. Five bucks a month. That way Carl can buy 
you know, some implants for his three false teeth and it won't be so awkward with his mouthpiece on the trail. Um, it's not that much. You get a ton of extra content. Super fun. And we will see you next time on the B&B. &B. Remember, guys, the only thing Carl's going to be able to catch are boogers in his own nose. I want to We, this is, I don't know, long ago. We tried to bring some poles. And I said, no, I'm not bringing a pole. And Carl's like, okay, I'm not going to bring a pole. He shows up on the trail, though. Uh, this is like day two, three. He, and he, he had hooked his ear. I think he brought a pole. He, he hooked his ear. And everybody's like, whoa, like, what did you do? And he's like, he tries to play it off. He's like, guys, this is just like a, a cool thing. Like, I, I didn't tell you, like, I got an earring and I'm in a, like, a, like a new band now. It's like a Colorado band thing. I was like, is your band called the Screeching Babies? Because that is what your singing voice sounds like. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.